Hey, Curiosos. Are you going to be in Baltimore on March 7th? I will. So will I. That's awesome. We are hosting a vaudeville-style variety show, mm. our very first live event. Where? Yellow Sign Theater, right on Charles Street, historic Charles Street. Mm-hmm. And we are going to have some of the best talents from around the state. We're going to have titillizing burlesque, mm. sensational sideshow, and majestic musical comedy. So, Joe, tell me about some of them performers. We've got Valeria Vox, member of Black Tassel Boulette. We've got Hot and Bothered with Oliver Hot and Stanley Bothered. That neo-vaudevillian duo who dresses well and plays music even weller. There's Shaggy Wilcox. Shaggy is performing his very, very first sideshow performance. We also have Addie Poseri and Horatio Dark. They are a burlesque duo that explores the macabre side of life and death. And you know what else? Not only that, but you got us. Chris is going to be performing some of the sideshow stuff. And Joe is going to be performing his, my talking stuff. his awesome face. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. It is. It is it, pretty you cool. are handsome. I am handsome. Yeah. All right, guys. So that's March 7th, the Yellow Sign Theater in Baltimore, Maryland, 2014. Don't miss it. My friend Joe, you might know him because we record this podcast together, is a ridiculously awesome gift giver. I'm serious. He always goes and finds the kitschiest, neatest, coolest stuff to give me and my wife for the holidays. This one year, he comes in with this huge package, and it's just all covered in DC comic book hero paper and and, and brings it in to a trivia night where we had my birthday. And we're sitting around the table having a drink, and I, I took a look, and he said, yeah, it's for you. It's your birthday present. So I open up it, and I was so pleasantly surprised to find a bust of a phrenology head inside. One of the coolest presents I've ever gotten. A curioso is someone who acquires esoteric matters, a collector of knowledge. I'm Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And welcome to the Curioso Podcast. Pseudo science. <laughs> is, is that like a pterodactyl? Yeah, I'm going to get me a new uh, three piece pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> so, pseudoscience, Chris. Pseudoscience. Yeah, so. Pseudo. Pseudo science. Science. So, there's these, uh, there's these things. These medicinal practices that... Sometimes religious. Yeah, they they are sometimes. Uh, They are, a lot of them are um, Mm -hmm. faith-based, meaning that you have to have some faith in it for it to work. Yeah. Because uh, most of them cannot be scientifically tested. Right. Um, And, uh, yeah. But they also can't be scientifically tested disproved either you're absolutely correct so So. it's you know what it's basically they are using logical fallacies to be able to uh continue these pseudosciences and going forward right i mean if you look it up in the dictionary it says various methods theories or systems considered as having no scientific basis yeah which is i mean some of these that we've found there, there's a, like a minute base amount of science in them, mm-hmm. but there's no way you can't test it in a beaker. There's no, there's no, you know, ometer that you can put up to something and check its levels. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's well, really it's no way to. You know what they always say? What is it? A, a little bit of a little bit of knowledge is more dangerous. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's what it seems like to me. But. Um, we are going to try and be, because, 
you might subscribe to some of these. Yeah, yeah, this is as listeners, and we, you know, that's perfectly fine. And we might joke around a little bit and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So uh, I hope that this doesn't um, upset you in any way. Right, we mean but, no offense. Yeah, but um, we might offend you, and we're we're both shrugging right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so from from at least the early like. 1700s, it's been referenced in alchemy books, uh, the, the word or the, the term pseudoscience or false okay. science, because that's where the, the word comes from, the, the etymology of pseudoscience, pseudo meaning false mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, a, a spurious thing, you know, something not believable, you know. Um, and then science, of course, from the Latin word, Scienta, which means knowledge. Okay. So it's false knowledge. So it's like pseudo knowledge. <laughs> pseudo knowledge. Pseudo knowledge. Pseudo knowledge. That, that is going to. <laughs> I'm going to use that as my alias. That, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to create a boylesque performer and From call Lithuania. myself pseudo knowledge. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so there, there's this whole debate between pseudoscience and, you know, real, well, not real science, but science, you know, uh-huh. where I mean, it's, it's a very fuzzy line, you know, because there are some things that, you know, some hypothesis throughout the centuries, which people thought were complete BS, you know, no, the world's flat. No, 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 surely not, you know, but it turns out once we figure out how to test that, it was round. You know, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, some of these theories and hypotheses that are in this massive list of so-called pseudosciences, maybe there's just no way to test yet. Maybe there's no way to measure certain things, you know? And a lot of it is all based on, like you said, a little bit of faith. Yeah, and, and we finally figured out in the 60s when we went to the moon that the Earth was round, right? Isn't that when we found out? We didn't go to the moon. Oh, no, all, that was... It's all faked. Oh, that was, a, that was Kubrick that faked that, right? Right, right. Damn, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. No, but it's, it's just a really weird line when you start getting into stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I, I came up loving science and history and, and things like that. And being able to test something in a beaker, you know, and break down its chemical makeup and its weight, its volume, and its mass, and you know, all those things, and see it physically in front of your face, reactions and, and, and cause and effect, that's huge when you come up with a hypothesis and a theory or, a, you know, a pondering, whatever you want to call it, to actually be able to think of something and then see it through to completion and see that pan out in either good or bad ways. Using the scientific process? Yeah, the methods, mm-hmm. and there's tons of them. Look, Joe, tons. I'm no scientist, okay? Uh, but I play one on TV, <laughs> <laughs> right? So today we're, we're gonna, what we're going to do is very much like our Notable Animals episode, if you guys checked that out before. Uh, if not, go back and check it out. But basically what we did was we talked about, you know, what was it, four or five like really neat, interesting animals with a lot of history. Yeah, told their stories. Um, right. Yeah. So that's what we're gonna do with this episode. We didn't. We're not gonna do this big, long, boring list of stuff. We just picked at random, you know, four or five ones that we just kind of want to touch on and give a little more information. And we'll probably do more of these in the future because the list is pretty extensive. Yeah, there might be a pseudosciences II. Right. You still sticking with the II? I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to do the part twos? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Part B? Write in and tell us. Should right. we do just the, the two or Roman numeral two? I don't know. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll figure it out. So, Chris, you shave your head, right? Oh, all the time. I mean, that's just, you've been doing that since you were like 18 a, years a old. baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed there's like some little bumps and ridges and stuff along your, your, your skull. My cranium. Yeah, yeah, and well, you you have several uh, several plates in your head. I mean, they yes. all mesh together. It's like your it's almost like your skull is a little tiny earth. 
Yeah, Those like tectonic the tectonic plates. plates. Yeah. yeah. But I I have a pretty round skull. I don't do. think it's, you know what I mean? And Compared to most people. Rather large. I know all your hats say large XL. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I everybody always says that. I don't have a big head. No, but it's I don't have a I don't even have a lumpy head. I no, have like a I have like a Charles Schultz peanuts head. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. From the shape and the indents and the just the 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 aspects of your skull, uh huh, that is part of the first thing we're going to talk about: phrenology. Oh, that's right, phrenology. Yes, mm-hmm. I forgot you were going to mention it. So it's the study of the relationship between a person's characteristics and the morphology of their skull. So the bumps, the dings, the dents, the ridges, the lines. Everything about your head. Okay. Okay. And what it's it's supposed to tell a scientist or a doctor your characteristics. So this is sort of like palmy reading? Yes. Yes. Very much like palm reading. Okay. Now, but it doesn't really, it doesn't go into like the whole etherical, like, I'm going to see your future and your skull. It, it's basically, I can tell what kind of person you are because your head's shaped like this. You understand? Okay. Its history goes back to Aristotle, who first suggested mental faculties were located in a person's skull. Before that, it was either humors or it was in your left foot or something like that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we need to get into humors next time around. (laughs) Oh, we will. We'll do a a whole humors episode. Like leeching. Oh, awesome. Yeah. All right. That'll be the next one. We've already. (laughs) But it didn't actually make a lot of headway. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting to use that pun all day. <laughs> Till probably around the mid-1700s, uh, where it was championed by an Austrian surgeon, Franz Joseph Gall, in his introduction to his main work called The Anatomy and Physiology of the Nervous System in General and of the Brain in Particular. Right, say, that, say that in one sentence. <laughs> that what is, is it? That's the entire name of the book. Oh, geez. That's like the one. The anatomy and physiology of the nervous system in general and of the brain in particular. Wow. That's, uh, that's a long title. That is a big title. <laughs> and other stories. That, yeah, I don't know how that goes on the spine of the book. <laughs> and, and other stories. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's yeah. That's it's probably great. some an acronym or something. Akron, Akron, Ohio. An acronym? An acronym. An acronym, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, okay. Franz noticed that the cerebral cortex of the human was much larger than most animals, right? Mm -hmm. Which he believed was what made us humans intellectually superior to everything else. That's right. That's because we're smart. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because our our large, uh, you know, proportion to our, you know, body-brain ratio, we had to be the most intellectually superior creatures. And that's what he thought. He became convinced that the features of the cortex could be seen in the shape and size of the skull. So your your cortex is right back here by your that little bumpy thing. Yeah, where it meets the uh, where the your skull attaches to your spine. Right. Correct. Right. So he thought that because certain peoples were shaped this way and some were shaped that way, that he could tell. You know, my, what a nice protrusion. <laughs> right, exactly. So he did many experiments and tests on this. And one, this is really fun. One of the, one of the experiments that he did uh, was he took a group of young pickpockets in and around his area. Urchins. Yeah, street urchins. Mm-hmm. Paid him, uh, you know, a half a guinea or whatever. The, or, the, or whatever. Uh, what is uh, that? Deutsche you, marks. You don't even know. Yeah. Gave him some Deutsche <laughs> marks. And he basically suggested that because many of the, the pickpockets and urchins had similar bumps and dents above their ears and the back of their heads, he could correlate that those characteristics on the boys associated them with their lifestyle of stealing and lying. Of being thieves. Yeah. Yeah, because he said they were so similar mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, but he didn't, have, he didn't have a control group. He didn't have a, a group of, like, you know, well-to-do, you know, little dandy boys with his That he could feel their heads. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and say, oh, wait, my dandies are the same as these, these street urchins. What's going on? 
he didn't do that. He basically yeah. said, you guys, because all of your heads are shaped the same, you know, certain parts are, are shaped the same, that's why you steal. You're predisposed to it. This really seems to me, I mean, so did this, was this kind of mixed with psychology, like early psychology back in the day? Kind of. I mean, psychology was, it was going through lots of phases. I mean, this seems a little Freudic to me. It is. You know? It is. But it's, it's this, I mean, I can't even describe how weird some of like the, the nodules and bumps, what characteristics they give you. I mean, it's just weird. So here's a, here's a short list of the 27 faculties. Okay. Mm -hmm. And these are just little, little like notes and nodules and bumps and ridges that he says makes up your character because of the shape of your head. So I just picked out five at random imitation and mimicry. You possess that because you have a little bump over here. So you're a good mime. <laughs> right. Or you Is can that... do, uh, you know, funny voices. What this? What are the funny voices? Vanity, ambition, and love of glory because you have a little bump over here. So that would be like a good model? Uh, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Maybe a good warlord? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, satire and wit. Okay. Good comedian. Comic. Right. Stand-up comic. Maybe because your, uh, your brow is not so pro-magnon. Mm -hmm. Religiosity. One of my favorite ones. Is that is that a real word? It's one of his words. Yeah. Wasn't that the Bill Maher movie that <laughs> I he did? Think it was, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and murderous instinct. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because maybe you have a little nod or you know bump over behind your ear or in yeah. front of your eyeball. Who knows? Yeah, near do well. Yeah. Is so, that is that the right thing? A near do well. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Well, a that's bad, like the lower end. Of, bad person. Yeah. yeah that's okay. The lower gotcha. End. All right. Yeah. So there's just there's just some of them. There's a whole list. So the popularity started to wane by early mid 1800s uh, because the Catholic Church said his suggestions of a religion organ was very atheistic. Oh, okay. Well, that which makes sense. Kind of put it put him out of touch with a lot of the community because you know he's like, oh, you don't have a religion organ. Or a, a little religious bump in the back of your head, so you're not religious. Yeah. Gotcha. Or you don't, you don't have God in your head or something. You know, whatever he's, you know, of course the Catholic Church went against it and da 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 So people started to not believe or trust this guy and He probably ideas. should have just changed it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we would still be practicing it today. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's the one where you aren't supposed to catch whales. That's that, that bump right there. <laughs> that's a no whale catching bump. So due to that influence... Scientists became kind of less interested, and then later they became more interested in the concept because the cortex, the location of the cerebral cortex, and the idea of certain mental functions located in that area, you know, it, it became sort of a, well, let's delve deeper into this. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's got this right and this right, but this is completely wrong, so let's actually go check it out. You know, but that's part of the scientific method. Some, you know, hypothesis and some, you know, some, uh, some methods, and then you start to break it down, you know, and figure out what is real, what is not, what is there, what isn't. So along with phrenology, there, there's the more, uh, more silly side of it. It's, it's not the top like, of your head. It's the other end. The <laughs> other the end. the other end. Which is... Even more ridiculous. Yes. Like, to feel, like, bumps on someone's head, you know, like you're doing palm reading that tons of people still believe in. Of okay? course, yeah. So you're feeling bumps on someone's head, and you're saying, oh, you know, oh, well, bumps on somebody's head, that's just ridiculous. But reading the palm, that's perfectly fine and normal. Right. Well, you know what? There's other places that you can read, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like Zibut. Yeah. Uh, how about some rumpology? That's, I, I can't, when you brought this up, I could not believe that this actually existed. Oh, yeah, it exists. And it's also, <laughs> I have a hard time even saying this. It's also known as butt reading. Is it really? I <laughs> swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of pseudosciences. Sorry. <laughs> Look, if there cannot be any more pseudo than that, I mean, honestly, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. So it, it literally is the art of reading the lines, curves, dimples, crevices, folds of the buttocks. 
get up in there with both hands. <laughs> I mean, I try to do this as often as I can, you know, if they ever come home with me and, you know, the night goes well. But, you know, I'm not trying to find out characteristics um, of or behavior from a butt cheek. <laughs> I'm just happy my hands there. So, I mean... Can you, I mean, can you do a self-reading or, <laughs> I'm just wondering. I, no, I no, okay. So who, who made this up? How did this even come about? Uh, Apparently they can't hear me rolling my eyes on the audio, <laughs> right. but it is happening. Be cracking some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being so cheeky, Chris. <laughs> so an American astrologer. Named Jackie Stallone, not like Rocky, not no, that no sl- relation. No relation. Claims that rumpology is known to have been practiced in ancient times by the Babylonians, the Indians, and the ancient Greeks and Romans. Now I don't know if there's anything st- substantiating that claim. It's a long-standing history. Yeah, although she provides no evidence <laughs> for this claim. Of course not, because. It's a pseudoscience. Right. Stallone has been largely responsible for the supposed revival of rumpology. Okay. So that's, there really isn't, I mean, yeah, the Romans grabbed each other's butts all the time, as many and as often as they could, you know, in the name of Rome, in the name of Rome, in the name of Rome, as Caligula says. Um, But there's nothing, there's no Sanskrit, there's no tablet of uh, a priest, you know, ogling, uh, you know, the pharaoh or a great But Joe, she's an astrologer. Of course. So obviously she must have some ancient secrets that she knows. ass? (laughs) Well, you said she's an astrologer, right? She is, yeah, apparently. (laughs) So according to Stallone... The left and the right buttocks reveal a person's past and future, respectively. So the left is your past and the right is your future. So I guess you can see what's behind you and in front of you. (laughs) I don't really understand. Although she has commented that the crack of your behind corresponds to the division of the two hemispheres of your brain. So you're an asshead. All right, so no, really, come on. This is ridiculous. Is that a new word for brain <laughs> <laughs> look this is but before we get i know that we're not going we're not getting you have more to say and we're we right. we are not getting into the other things but i want you to understand before we get into these other things that people are still using to this day mm-hmm. there are people that believe this oh i know Absolutely, wholeheartedly yeah. believe this. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, go ahead. Sorry. I had to mention uh, I, that now. Well, I just wanted to just a few little tidbits. So according to a blind German clairvoyant and rumpologist named Ulf Beck. Ulf Beck. Okay, two words. Um, he's, right. not, he's not like Cher or anything. <laughs> right. No. Um, an apple-shaped muscular bottom indicates someone who is charismatic, dynamic, and very confident, and often creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A person who enjoys life, da 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 A pear-shaped butt suggests someone who is steadfast, patient, and down-to-earth. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I, it's... All right, so uh, here, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. S- ladies... Send us pictures, <laughs> oh, that's and, no. and we'll diagnose. No, what I was going to say is, hey, I Joe, want to see past, presents, and futures. We are actually <laughs> going to have a um, companion video for this, where Joe is going to. <laughs> well, I found mine. Did you really? Yeah. I w- we're, okay, we're joking. We're not actually having a companion video for this. <laughs> no. No, that is not happening. But, uh, yeah. All right, I so would, I would, what, what kind of butt do you have, Chris? I, I have no clue. You mean you call Dana? I don't. Ask her? Yeah, ask is, her. What is it, like a bubbly butt? No, I, mean, I don't really have, like, a large buttocks. But it's is it, it's like it's not pear-shaped, no, right? No, no. Okay, here's... No, it's, like, square. <laughs> it's like a refrigerator. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like a like a like a an air conditioner. Yeah, I'm unit. built like a mini fridge. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> all right. So all they really have is apple, pear, um, round, and flat. 
are the, the major ones. Okay, major well, then ones. I would be flat. Those okay. are the major categories. All right, well, it says a flat bottom suggests that a person is rather vain, negative, and sad. That is completely untrue. Exactly. I mean, the vain thing, yes. Oh, yeah, but the very. other two, no. <laughs> the other two, not at all. I may be ugly and hate-filled, but I'm not that third thing. <laughs> <laughs> so rumpologists can, can perform either by sight, by touch, or by using butt prints. Oh, wow. Yeah. In, like, plaster of Paris? I don't, I don't know. Like a, like Where, a Bigfoot give cast? Give me this lady's address. I'm going <laughs> to send her one. Send your ass prints. <laughs> We got a we got a copy machine here in the studio. Oh so. God, I forgot we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in addition to live readings, uh, Jackie Stallone will perform buttocks readings using email digital photography. Oh, geez, we could totally send her that. So yeah, yeah we could do some live cams. Mm-hmm. You know, and be like, hey, lady. <laughs> you want to? You like look, that? You want to look at my butt? Do I gotta shave it first? <laughs> you want to shake it? <laughs> as long as I don't have to clap or, or drop it like it's hot, I'll be. <laughs> I think I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that. I know you thought I was going to. Yeah, it's not gonna I, I know I was gonna say it though. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, uh, Ulf Ulfbuck claims that he can read people's future by feeling their naked butt cheeks. Yeah. Well. Um... This has been absolutely ridiculous. See, and now I'm kind of with, you know, Mr. Ulfbuck, because usually, this is just, I mean, in, in my experiences, usually when I've got a, you know, nice little pair of butt cheeks in, uh-huh. in my When my you're grips, doing a rumpology. Yes. Yeah, studying. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Um, I can see the future, or at least the next 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And probably the next six hours after that, because you're going to pass out. That's true. (laughs) Oh, dirty, dirty. Dirty, dirty butt cheeks. (laughs) All right, Joe. So um, what can you tell me, okay? Tell me what you personally think when you hear the word homeopathy. What do, I mean, just your honest opinion. What do you think that it is? Is it the study of hip hop culture? No, it is not. So it, it isn't. Okay, no, so I have no, no clue. Okay. <laughs> so um, wait, wait. Is it like Marge Simpson? Oh, how me? <laughs> no, it is not that either. No? So uh, homeopathy. A lot of people get it confused with holistic medicine. Okay. Okay. Now, now I'll, I'll tell you the difference between the two. Holistic medicine is kind of like. It's basically like a form where someone considers the whole person, mind, body, spirit, emotions, like everything all together. So it's not just necessarily giving someone, you know, pills, but it's also giving them spiritual guidance, emotion, diet planning, things like that. Okay. To, to do like an entire, if someone's sick, literally take every single facet of their life and mm-hmm. change it. Right. That's what holistic medicine is. Okay. Then you have... Other medicines that um, a lot of people think when they think homeopathy, they think it's instead of taking an aspirin, Mm -hmm. it's getting willow bark and chewing on it because it has the same active ingredient as aspirin. Right. Okay. So, you know, uh, for instance, using maybe coffee to cure migraines because Mm -hmm. caffeine has been known to help with migraines. Yeah. That sort of thing. Using, you know... Um, a, you know, a more natural approach. Mm-hmm. And that's what people think homeopathy is. Right. It is not. <laughs> homeopathy is none of that whatsoever. Okay. So in uh, 1796, there was a German physician named Samuel, Samuel Heinemann. Okay. Samuel Heinemann, uh, he had brought this thing up called the Law of Similars, or like cures like. So it's the idea. I know, I know. So it's the idea. So say if you're poisoned with arsenic. You drink more arsenic? The idea is that arsenic would cure it. However. What? Yeah, hold on. (laughs) It gets better. Okay. Trust me. But you have to dilute it, okay? Oh, So you have to dilute it down uh, like a whole bunch, Uh okay? And um, and then you you take that dilution uh-huh. and you you drink it or apply it in whatever way that the doctor tells you to, 
uh, not the doctor, the homeopath. <laughs> right. Excuse no. me. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, you, then you, you know, you, you take that and it's supposed to help cure it. Okay. Uh, uh, homeopathy has been used for a wide range of health concerns uh, and wellness from treating, you know, diarrhea, allergies, all kinds of diseases going up to even AIDS. Wow. Okay. The problem that most skeptics see mm -hmm. with homeopathy is the fact that you are diluting it so much. Yeah, because aren't the equations like one, one milligram has to be diluted within like 200 trillion gallons, gallons? of water? Yes, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, um, that is r absolutely ridiculous. So yeah. the homeopaths also, they, they believe that the, the molecules of the, the treatment, okay? okay. So whatever they're using. Yeah, say arsenic or they use, oh, you're going you're to make fun of me for this, or onions uh -huh. because they think it's, you know, it has something in there or whatever for, for whatever the treatment is. Okay. Um, the, the, the molecule that's in there leaves a memory imprint on the water or alcohol that's used to dilute it or the solution. Okay, so so hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memory of its... Okay, so if I take a glass of water uh -huh. and dunk an onion in it, yeah. pull the onion out, uh -huh. that water then, remembers there was an onion in there. Yes, but you also have to add... 10,000 more gallons of water to that. Oh, I know. That's, is kind that's, of like the idea. That's ridiculous. I don't have that much water. Yeah, yeah. So No, I mean, seriously, some of the dilutions, the it's 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 crazy the the amount. It's like 10 to the 67th power yeah. dilution. Yeah, I mean, so the calculations so are minute. And the thing is is that they they think that the 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 larger the amount of dilution, okay, the more potent the uh, the uh, the remedy is okay. I, I'm I'm actually turning my head like a dog listening to a high pitched <laughs> squeal right now. Yeah, yeah. The the so, but that's not the only thing. There are other things. So um, there's a, a couple different you know careful processes. So there's the dilution, okay. but then there's also succussion. Okay. Now succussion is a, another way of preparing it. Succession. No succussion. Su well, succession not, means you're succeeding. Su something. No, 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 not succession. Okay, it's like succussion. S u c c u s s i o n. Okay, succussion, succussion. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, somewhere in there, we're okay. good. We've already we we already know we are not good pronunciators. Okay, uh, but that's a a specific form of vigorous shaking. Okay, so so like it's a, basically like the paint can mixer. Yeah, so like the idea is you have the dilution, okay. then you have to shake it in a sort certain way, and then it leaves this memory imprint of the of the the, the chemical or the the molecule of whatever it was. Okay. You know, uh, like say the belladonna plant. Okay. Okay. They think that that's going to cure you know whatever disease. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, it leaves that memory imprint. I know. Stop looking at me. No, like no, no. That. I'm trying to. Yeah, figure, his, like, his brow is so furrowed. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay, no, his like, eyebrows are touching his cheeks. This my, is ridiculous. My analytical thought process is okay. If I have a, just for, you know, uh, argument's sake, a gallon of water. Okay, mm -hmm. I have a gallon of water, and I have a eyedropper full of. Let's just say it is. Um, mint extract. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I put that little tiny dropper, boop. Now I have a, a little tiny insignificant amount of mint in this gallon of water. Now, if I ran that through spectral analysis and did all the stuff, even after shaking it, there would still be trace amounts of that mint in there. Correct? Yes. Now, uh, maybe. I mean, with, no, you there, might there not be, be able, you probably, you might be able to t detect it, but the dilution, okay. But they're saying they're, they're, what they're, they're saying is one the 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 dilutions with these get so large, yeah, that it's like one molecule, okay, yeah. of the of the of the affected chemical, not even seen by the naked eye. Yes, one half the time molecule not even seen by a microscope. <laughs> the, the dilutions can get so large that it's one molecule in the entire volume of the Earth. 
how would that be possible so, to take a dose of that? You wouldn't be Does able that, to. Is that That's the idea. No, no, no. It's enema? because it leaves is the, it... it leaves the memory imprint, which um, is why are they they're saying so? Uh, I, I know, I know. Well, then how do you take it? You, you. Well, most of the time, what they do is they take the huge, gigantic dilution. They take an eyedropper and then they drop it on a a little like sugar pill. Okay. Okay. Isn't that and then they acid no no <laughs> they drop it onto like a little sugar pill and then they they put it you know and they 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 wrap it all up and they okay. have it in a, a homeopathy store and you buy it there and most uh most skeptics uh think that it doesn't do anything for you besides the placebo effect or cavities so, or cavities so uh you know i mean they can make those placebo pills they don't have to they call them sugar pills but they're yeah, not necessarily know, they know. can yeah. be made out of glucose or they can be made out of like you know different kinds of, right, of, of, right. of stuff any kind of inert substance mm -hmm. you know, clay chalk. things like chalk that kind yeah. of thing so they drop one tiny drop on these on these pills and that's how they're made so they think that this imprint and it's yeah yeah man that's why that's why everybody that's that's why it's a pseudoscience. Well, yeah, I, because just, it cannot be proven, it yeah. cannot be disproven, and it has an absolutely ridiculous story <laughs> behind it. I mean, you know, yeah. but, but you wouldn't. Here's the thing about homeopathy. I just found out after looking looking up this earlier. Mm -hmm. There is something in my cabinet. It's called Prid, and uh, it's it's a, a drawing salve. So I had gotten like a shaving bump, okay, and it mm -hmm. was it gotten it gotten a, you know a little infected, got a little large. So I went to the store and I got this stuff called Prid. It's a little orange, tiny tin, and it's you know like a drawing salve. So I you know rubbed it, put it on there, mm -hmm. didn't do anything, okay. Right, right. And it smells like it's like a balm, and it smells like ham. So my <laughs> wife and I call it ham, ham bomb. I swear that's what we're calling. Ham bomb. You know what I mean? It, you know. But the thing is, is this like this stuff? I don't even think it has any kind of like. Is it just Vaseline in a can? Yeah, basically. But it, you know, it's got. I mean, if, like I think, like maybe some, some herbs fragrance. in it or something. So I, I found out that this is actually a homeopathic remedy oh. that I happen to myself have in my cabinet Weird. that I didn't know. So that is where I see the danger with this. Oh, you yeah. have so many different pills, chemicals, yeah. you know, different uh, medicines, what they call medicines, I'm giving air quotes, yeah. in any kind of pharmacy mm -hmm. that are these homeopathic remedies that have basically no active ingredients, but they're telling you they're good for allergies, they're good for this, they're good for that. Yeah. But once you look on the package and you find out it's a homeopathic remedy, yeah. basically it's not going to do anything for you. It's so like the Vaseline only thing, and salt. The only thing you're doing is you're rubbing Vaseline onto your onto, you know, your 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 boil or whatever it is. Wow, and wow. it actually has no no real medical value. Right. That that's God, and that's that's what makes me angry. I literally have one of these in my cabinet. You got suckered. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean, I'm saying. Nuts. No, you you bought it. I yeah. So <laughs> there are. That's that's what the problem is, and, and there's a lot of doctors that are angry about this, and 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 the fact that these that these homeopathic remedies are still put out there as usable and viable now, remedies. Now, do they are they at any level governed by the FDA? or any sort of, you know, pharmaceutical regimen of any kind? Because you're putting it on your skin, in your body, you know what I mean? Like, and to, to, to sell something in stores, you have to go through a bunch of rigmarole to, to get it on a store shelf. Otherwise, you put a little label on there that says, not approved by FDA, consume at your own risk, pretty much. From what I understand, they pass Food and Drug Administration um, for consumption. Okay. okay, so it's it, you're, it's it's like a an edible Vaseline. Y well, yeah, I mean, so the idea is if <laughs> it's if it's in a pill, right, right, and you're 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 there to take it. It has, but the the problem is is that they they somehow have found a loophole where they can get by uh -huh. saying that th that it's a treatment, and that yeah. that I that is where I see the problem. Because well, I mean. That's a really it's dicey not, it's level. Not, it's not an herbal remedy. No. Ho home, homeopathy 
is not an herbal remedy. It's not the same thing as having a headache and chewing on willow bark because the the, the willow bark has the same active ingredient as aspirin. Right. It which is not the same that's thing. That's where we get most of our chemicals for medicine. From, natural, from yeah, natural sources. From mushrooms, from fish, from, you know, trees and moss and grass and so many natural things that that's how we derived those chemicals to get the medicines that we do have. Exactly. But with the dilution that they're using, mm-hmm. it has no effect. N- no effect. Right. So, Except for the mental effect. Except for the placebo effect. Gotcha. Gotcha. That is so strange. And, and, and it's still allowed to be sold. And hmm. I, I got suckered and I bought something. It's in my cabinet. Right. Didn't know it was a homeopathic remedy. So, so anyway, I stay away from those hippie stores. Well, no, man. I'm t- I got that at a normal pharmacy. Did you really? Yeah. Is it? But is it like next to like the Burt's and and stuff like that? No, it was right in right in. Yeah, it was with all the other boil creams. <laughs> That's your problem right there. Yeah. Yeah. Stop well, having boils. Man, it was like on my neck. <laughs> I'm cheesy. This is goiter. No, I don't know what it was, but I had like an ingrown hair. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yes, that was gross. Uh, but. That is a uh, that's homeopathy, and um, it's you know if you so, believe in it, then you know maybe the placebo effect will continue to help you and go ahead and continue to use it. But I yeah, hey, if after I ever, what I've read about it, and if I if I if I burn myself, does that mean fire will cure me? Uh, no, but you know it would it would probably be a remedy something like you would take one particle of carbon from the from the ash dilute it with so much water it would be okay I, then i'd yeah, be fine then, then, then burn, you would take it and then the burn would heal oh, of course yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, that's the thinking behind it i know do you I, see i'm getting angry i know like no, you're, you're i'm flustered. actually getting flustered and angry <laughs> yeah. about it it's ri- it's ridiculous anyway okay so hope we didn't offend you but if we did tough <laughs> sorry I, it just makes me so mad chris have you ever heard of ear candling i have have you really yeah uh, yeah oh i've this is a new thing to me just doing the research of uh, uh-huh. pseudo sciences yeah i saw it um uh, what was it uh shrek he did that right oh really he, he pulled it out of his ear and he turned his earwax into a candle right well no that's this isn't that it <laughs> no this isn't it i mean that's not not it at all. Yeah, with the yeah, he's got the Scottish accent, you know, Mike Myers or whatever. Right, I love right. that guy, big green. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, apparently this is it's a holistic remedy thing. Okay. Okay. And what it involves is laying the victim down. I mean, <laughs> patient, patient, laying the patient down uh-huh. on his side, his or her side. And apparently it's a special hollowed out candle. Okay. I, I guess they don't burn as as hot or something. Must not burn very long. I if don't it's know. Hollow. But, uh, what you do is you lay the person down and you drip hot wax, not into their ear canal, but around the ear canal, and it, it, it's to alleviate stress and uh, toxins. There's a whole string of of things that this supposed to cure, you know, or to to help. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm a Yeah, weirdo. no, this is... Uh, I don't do it. So, but hold on. Because I always... Uh, okay, I was joking around about Shrek, but mm-hmm. seriously, though, the ear candling, I always thought it was like to pull out swimmer's ear or something like that, like mm-hmm. when you have juice in there. No. It, like, sometimes... When you're swimming in a big vat of pudding, right. you get a little pudding in your ear and you yeah. need to get it out. Yeah, right? pudding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to get in. <laughs> I didn't even do it. I'm laughing too hard at this stuff. But it's, it's hilarious because supposedly the, the melted wax uh, produces some sort of quantum air currents that helps pull out the impurities and toxins. And relieve stress and all this stuff. And why is it coming out of your ear? I don't. I don't know. I don't oh, know what man. toxins are are, are you know, associated with the ear. Okay. So here's the thing <laughs> about like these kind of pseudosciences. You know, it, it, you're kind of sold on it, thinking that it's like, oh, so I'll use this ear candle to pull gunk out of my ear because and, I, I, you know. But then, but then, 
you you come to find out that there's all these weird beliefs with it yeah. that that are that are ridiculous and just either false or unfalsifiable. Right. I mean, any uh, grocery store or pharmacy or whatever sells. You know, some people have. Extra earwax, yeah, you know, yeah. it just builds up quicker. Oh, I don't, I, I'm, someone that's really close to me gets <laughs> severe earwax. Is it your mom? No, no, <laughs> and I get to see it on a daily basis. Is it Quentin? Is it no? Qu- Quentin's had some stuff before too. Yeah. My dog, yeah, no, but no. So I stop making guesses. Stop <laughs> okay. making guesses. Okay, no more guessing. Yeah, but no, it's it is some like it is seriously like Shrek. Shrek style stuff level (laughs) stuff that's coming out of there. So uh, you can go into any one of those stores and they sell uh, earwax remover. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, you know, uh, mostly peanut oil and a very light solvent. Mm -hmm. And you swab it in there and it helps break up that couple of drops or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly scientifically proven to work. Yeah. You know, This, this is deeper than just removing excess buildup. This is hot, scalding wax poured into your ear. Hot wax in my ear. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which actually apparently leaves more waxy residue in your ear I than would when Im- it takes it out. I would imagine <laughs> so. So, like, okay. But, okay, so some, some proponents of this say that it's been going on for thousands of years, all the way back to, like, you know, 650 uh, A.D., you know, when Pakal, the great king of Palenque, he was a Mayan emperor. Uh, apparently, they used to do this. Okay. Apparently. Some proponents also say that the Hopi Indian uh, used to perform this. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's this great little uh, quote from the Hopi tribal council. We've never used this. Do not associate us with any of your ear candle products. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, because they didn't actually have candles until after European contact. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't so they got it. they just got the earwax candles with the with the the uh, pox blankets and everything else. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's just this really strange use of wax. Like, clean your ears. Yeah. It, strange. This, I can understand like the stress relief thing. I guess you know because people do the hot rock. Massages. Have you okay. seen that? Cupping or yeah. something? Too? Cupping, yeah. hot rock. Hershey, Hershey Park. They have a great massage parlor that you can actually get a chocolate bath that, and hot wow. chocolate. Okay. <laughs> See, that's that's just decadence I right mean, there. I would just drink half of it. <laughs> you know? Oh, is it dark chocolate or milk chocolate? I, don't, I guess you can pick. Oh, oh, I like dark chocolate. But I can understand that sort of like relaxing, warm, you know, help you relieve some stress. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But not in my ear hole. Yeah. Well, no, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like all these claims. Uh, odd fact, um, I don't know if you know, but your ears have a tendency to produce more wax the day after, say, you go to see a concert. Mm-hmm. So you hear loud noises. Mm-hmm. Your ears produce more wax in order to try and block out the noises for the next time. It's the same with your nose. Yeah, yeah. Your nose hairs get all wily. Thicker, yeah. They start after turning smelling into something, like smelling something really bad, like your nose cat is, whiskers. Yeah, your nose is like, oh god. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know? spend the day at the dump, and they just, yeah, you get cat next, whiskers growing out of there. Exactly. Next day, you got a, yeah. you know, nostril stash. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember when we used to be in our our band together. I, I like when we had uh, we would have shows or or perform, you know, just practice. I would always be a lot, little thicker. In there the next day, you know, yeah, in the mean? ear holes, yeah, in yeah. The ear area. But I, I never use the the candles. Yeah, no, no. So I mean, people have gone back and forth with with this whole uh, ear candling, and, but it still it still exists. People still can do it at uh, certain spas and things. So just another strange pseudoscience. There's no reason. Uh, there's no scientific proven fact that it helps or hinders. There's a danger. You know, you don't want. <laughs> there's plenty of danger. A lit candle dripping above your ear canal. Yeah, onto your, onto your eardrum and inside. No, 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 no. No, no but they, it'll slide down there, man. Yes, yes, and that's the thing is that when it hits, as it slowly goes down the ear canal, it's supposed to dry before it hits the actual eardrum. Oh, sorry, I don't trust that. I don't either. That's no. just no, no thanks. I like to hear stuff. Yeah, you know. So yeah. 
Just another one. So my act, the Scarred and Dangerous Thrill Show, I'm only one half of. The other half is Dangerous D. He's currently living in California, and he's going to call in from time to time to give you his two cents about all of our topics here on The Curioso. Now, all dangers considered, a moment with Dangerous D. Gather round, my dear friends. I would like to tell you about a cure for what ails you. Be it sniffles, scurvy, stomach ailments, eyesight, nervousness, gout, cancer, heart ailments, or plumb just sick of life. Yes, a bottle of my magic elixir will fix it all. Gangrene of the leg, this magic potion will clear that right up absolutely. Today's special, buy two bottles and receive one free of this secret ingredient extracted from a rare snake of the mighty Amazon jungle. I have spent my entire life searching for cures from all over the world, and this magical healing power was discovered as I lay on my deathbed from jungle fever. The local Indians of the Amazon use this potion given only by their medicine man. And I have it for you right here. If you'd like to purchase an order of Dangerous Deeds Magical Elixir, visit DarrenMalfi.com or email SDThrillShow.com. Act now. Offer only valid while supplies last. And remember, if it doesn't say micro-machines, it's not the real thing. So, Joe, we've been talking all about these pseudosciences, um, mm-hmm. and and what is, you know, a lot of people call pseudosciences, mm-hmm. they call it snake oil. Yeah. Well, really was, like, pretty much the first pseudoscience that was in the U.S. In the U.S., yes. So, the uh, snake oil, you know, you, you hear people talk about it, and it's, you know, it's basically... Something that there's no proof that it that the marketing works, you know, it's just marketed, you know, everything that they say it does, it's plain ridiculous. Right. But And that's why they call it snake oil. But original, real snake oil has existed for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And where it comes from is when we had a lot of Chinese coming over to fix and work on our railroad system during mm-hmm. the transcontinental, when we were having the transcontinental railroad made out, you know, bridging it from out west and east, mm-hmm. we had a lot of uh, a lot of people from China. And the people from China had bottles of basically like a, like a tincture, okay. an alcohol in a bottle, and they usually had a snake inside. Okay. Now, what they would do... Um, they would take it, they would pour it on their hands, and they would rub it on the soles of their feet. Mm-hmm. After working 16, 18 hours a day, you have to imagine your, your feet and your joints would just ache. Oh, yeah, out in that western sun, it's, it's harsh. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and they said that basically what it was doing was uh, helping any kind of arthritis or anything like that. Uh-huh. So this is where this is where you know your your medicine shows got the idea for snake oil. Okay. Oddly enough, um, it is very uh, it, it's it's possible, very possible that snake oil that people were bringing over from China actually worked. Okay. And here's how. There was a certain type of snake from these um, from these certain rivers, okay? Mm-hmm. There were river snakes that they would take and catch and put into the bottles. These river snakes had a tendency to eat a lot of salmon um, and, and other fish. Okay. And because they ate so much fish, they had omega-3 fatty acids inside ah, of the snakes. Yeah. So that omega-3 fatty acid actually helped... If you rubbed it in your skin mm-hmm. above a joint that was sore, it could have feasibly helped that joint become better. Yeah, well, it would alleviate some of the the issues because it's, it's a topical ointment. Yes, yeah, some yeah. of the stress, some of the pain. And one of the other things that they would also do is uh, have the hot peppers that they had there uh-huh. that they would usually have in cooking. They would have the hot peppers in there. So the, you know, it, it, it's it's 
the capsaicin. This, yeah, the capsaicin. Yep. It was, uh, you know, diluted into the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And when you rubbed it on, it, it gave you kind of the icy hot feel. So, right. you know, right. that's icy hot rubbing it on your sore joints. Mm-hmm. So this stuff was like the forerunner of like that that icy hot kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but it also had those omega-3 fatty acids from the, from the uh, s- snake-eating fish. Wait, fish-eating snake. Right. The snake eating at its own tail. Right. Wait, what is it? That's Close the, enough. The millennium snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, see, that's that's a, a an example of a real working home remedy. A real home remedy. Yeah. That actually like, was was working. Yeah. Like when I was younger and I would get an upset stomach, mm-hmm. my mom was always like, "Oh, have have some mint." Yeah. Because mint somehow. Settles your stomach. Mint, ginger. Yeah. Yeah, there are a few things that, that yeah. help you it's help a, settle the stomach. It's a natural, like a Elka-Seltzer or a Tums or, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it, it helps with, I guess it's either the base uh, or the acid level in that stuff. It just helps calm the... Well, mint is also just cooling in general. So probably, you swallow that, it goes down to your stomach, it has that cooling feel. Right, So right. So, so that this could is an example help. of a working... Home remedy. Exactly, yeah. Right. So uh, basically what happened was, were medicine shows eventually would pick this up and they would they would talk to, you know, the, the, the Chinese workers. They, they took the idea mm-hmm. of putting the snake in the bottle and, and taking and, and selling it. Right. Now eventually it kind of morphed after, after years where they just started putting anything in these bottles. <laughs> right. So like, you know, they would mix... You know, either alcohol with different kinds of roots or... or Most of it was alcohol. It yeah. It was like alcohol, 90% alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. They would sometimes actually throw in hot chili peppers. Mm-hmm. They would throw in, um, you know, different kinds of roots that you had, you know, just just anything that they could find to throw in. And then they would have these outlandish claims about how it would help hair loss. It would be like a hair tonic. Uh-huh. And it would also be, you know, uh, help rheumatoid, to help arthritis, to help... You know, gout, gout any, anything that you could possibly Blindness. imagine. Yeah. yeah. Everything. So, uh, so, I mean, it's really amazing that, and they, they went around at these kind of carnival style shows. So they would have, you know, puppeteers, acrobats, they would have like minstrel, like blackface performers go along with them because at the time that was socially acceptable. Yeah. Uh, and they would, they would sell this as a healing tonic. Mm-hmm. That you could either drink or rub on, and you know, and a lot of the time they had what they call shills. So they have people that would travel with them, and they would go probably you know a day or two ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So you would gather a crowd, just like you would with a sideshow or a circus. You would gather a crowd. You would have you would kind of put on a show for everyone, a free show. Right. And the idea was that everyone would kind of come up front, watch the free show, and at the end of the show, you would pull out the, your your. Miracle snake oil, right. okay, and then you would, you know, miracle tonic, miracle whatever, mm-hmm. you would sell it to all the unexpecting people mm-hmm. there, thinking that it's going to help them with their, their problems, and they would have a shill say, oh, I'll buy one, I'll buy two, give me three of those, right. and that, that the would be the, the shill. Inside. Yeah, he's yeah. on the inside, but he's actually out in the crowd, and he's, you know, pumping up the crowd to try and get them to buy. hmm so by being the first one, because no one ever wants to be the first one to spend a dollar. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just the way it is. Nobody ever wants to be the first one. Right. But, you know, they would sell it for, you know, however much money. They would make money and then run the hell out of town and go to the next place. Oh, because, hell yeah, before they got caught. <laughs> yeah, because if it, if it did not work for this or that, they didn't want any kind of complaints coming back on them. Yeah. So they would run out of town and then move move to the next town. And All keep sales are final. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All sales are final. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's what it seems like most of these are. You know what I mean? Snake oil? Yeah. It's, it's Not the original snake oil. No, the no. The new just, snake oil. Just a, <laughs> a lot of hopes and alcohol in a bottle that may or may not work and you've got someone saying yeah go for it because it'll make you look beautiful or it'll help you this or help you that when in fact it'll help your stomach it'll help your immune system yeah when in fact there are no solid scientific proven studies done on half of these things now here's the thing that we have kind of been hinting at and talking about if you have a for real medical problem, okay, that you've been diagnosed with and you are getting treatment from a real doctor with real medication and you want to try something like 
Reiki, mm-hmm. aromatherapy, buy some snake oil, psychic whatever you surgery. want. Psychic surgery. You want to do any of this stuff to supplement that because it's going to make you feel better? Right. Then go ahead and do it. Yeah, it's, it's all the psychological aspect of it. It's, it's mostly a placebo effect mm-hmm. yeah. is generally the, what you're getting from these. At least from my research, that's what I understand. Yeah, but, but my point is, is that you're putting money in the, in the hands of people who are making outlandish claims who can't really back it up with science. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, curiosos, I would say be skeptical. Yeah, Question the answers. Yeah. All right, Curiosos. We'll talk to you next time. Bye now. Hey, is there any topics that you want us to cover? Anything that you want to talk to us about or let us know about? Email us, feedback at thecurioso.com. Our Facebook, facebook.com backslash the Curioso Podcast. We tweet at Curioso Podcast. And if you have any five-star reviews you'd like to give us on iTunes, please feel free. Yeah, like badges, oh, Bo- nice. Bolton's. Bolton, Bolton's, got the Bolton. <laughs>